This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Check this out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott back here. I had to um, take a leave of absence yesterday, um, take care of some personal matters with uh, uh, our family and uh, in the court. And I did it by Zoom. It was quite an education. Sometime maybe I'll talk with you about it. But I couldn't Zoom into the courtroom and Zoom the show, too. So uh, we ran Phil Kirpin again, thanks to production, which is always light on its feet and able to accommodate and uh, I let them select what they like. It sort of tells me what is of interest to production. And they sort of run what they're interested in after all they have to listen to it again. So let's let them listen to something they're interested in. And uh, hopefully you get something out of our conversation there with Phil Kirpin. He's sort of a regular on the show. So I'm in the uh, Warthog Command, Manly Command Center here on a little bit of a dreary day here in North Central Florida, God's country, in the Mellon Law Studio. Uh, at 352-325-3938 on our sideline hotline or on Facebook chat. Uh, good morning, everybody checking in. I saw Commissioner Wilford last night at the uh, uh, outstanding Alachua Chamber of Commerce banquet, annual banquet. Uh, about as fine a banquet as I've ever attended, and I've attended quite a number of them. And my old buddy uh, from the 60s, uh, Steve Spurrier, he and I were chummy those days. And now, you know, he's gone off into stardom, and here I am uh, on the Ward Scott Files. So uh, glad to see everybody else got to hear Steve's wit and his down-home humor and everything. Uh, he's always been that way, and you know, he'll always be that way. That's the real Steve. He, he never tries to be something he isn't. Um, he um, is, uh, so he was a great, great guest last night. Great food, great uh, organization. And the city of Alachua is, the, is, the, is the booming community really in this town. And it's almost the night and day. And the reason I introduced with that, and thanks, Commissioner Walford, for checking in so early to remind me of this, is we're just uh, absolutely, we, we, we had the president of the uh, Gainesville Chamber of Commerce at our Chamber of Commerce banquet last night. And the city of Gainesville, as it goes down the tubes financially, it will negatively impact the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce. There's no question about it. And there's not much hope for the city of Gainesville. That was the a murmur and the conversation as I, went around and talked to a lot of people. We had about 300 people there uh, at the Valley View, which is a magnificent uh, place to hold the event out by the old uh, um, um, place where Winn-Dixie started. Mr. Davis used to raise Angus cattle there. And then when I first came to the university, I would go out to the, the Santa Fe Ranch uh, in the early 60s and um, uh, visit because I had a friend who was tight with the family. And so I've known about the place quite a, for a, well, how many years is that, 60? Uh, 60 years, but uh, it's now a venue for all sorts of really nice first-class events, and uh, we've got they've got nothing like it in in, in Gainesville. And uh, you know, I've got to tell you quite candidly, is, is is you know, it doesn't matter who you elect to the city of Gainesville commission, nothing's going to improve. Uh, you've got a, a very uh, candid conversation, honest conversation going on from an expert who understands. Uh, all the things about the utilities, and that's Nathan Scott. They ignore him, blow him off, try to pay a little attention to him as they can. Uh, I have Warren Barsky, uh, who you I used to have a cell number, and now he doesn't answer my calls. And I used to tell him quite candidly what I told Blackburn, who was the city uh, manager at that time. I said, these people will turn on you. Uh, don't try to Don't try to be friendly with evil. You can't be friendly with evil. Don't try to give in to evil and think you're going to appease them. All they do then is see you as a weakness that they can devour. You've always got to stand up to evil. And I'm using the metaphor now that the city of Gainesville is evil. And even and the reason the definition of evil, remember, is not the absence of love, it's power. So the antithesis of love is power because love, as you'll read Corinthians, wants nothing, seeks nothing, tolerates everything. That's the definition of love. 
So the antithesis of that is to seek everything, to dominate everything, and to control everything, and that's evil if it's done for your self-interest and not for the interest of the community. Now, they've talked themselves into believing they're doing it for the interests of the community at Gainesville, but they're really doing it for their own ideology. And there's no distinction among and between uh, of those people on the dais, and Chestnut will not change it one bit. And you, you maybe even make it worse with more diversity than inclusion. So uh, uh, you'll, you'll take a look at this, and nothing, will, nothing much will change. A little more rhetoric, uh, a little more lip service to the east side and all that, and they'll throw a bone over there and hope that appeases people. But there'll be nothing done. Um, the confusion and the uh, self-interest is uh, of the, uh, banana pudding who never saw dessert he didn't like and um, the the boy named Lauren and all that crowd. Um, they, they, they're, they're not going to be able to change themselves. Um, and, and things are just going to be stagnant. You can see by the turnout, uh, the only thing interesting about the turnout this time, you know, 10 to 13 percent, depending on how you count uh, the banana peels, about uh, just a couple hundred of votes between them. But you didn't really have much choice between the two, to tell you the truth. When you look at who's backing uh, the uh, the Matt guy, uh, then you write back down the Democrat Party um, um, living room. So there's, there's nothing. So really, you can stick a fork in the city of Gaines, but I don't think it's going to improve. Uh, it's going to get, and we're going to take it over and we're going to pr bring all the commerce and the business and the good life to the other side of the county. Now, to the extent that Tim Martin is successful with Springs County, uh, which I've always felt was a, pushing a rock up a very steep hill, um, um, then you can understand how frustrated people are uh, with uh, the, the, the university controlled mentality of Gainesville. And, uh, uh, it, we'll uh, we'll just watch it and I'll probably continue to comment on it from time to time. But don't expect anything to change with Cynthia Moore Chestnut uh, on the dais, except more rhetoric, uh, more infiltration of no question about it, the Democrat Party, more the race card, uh, some lip service to, uh, uh, you know, people out in the community who because um, she does gadfly a lot, and knows a lot of people. I know her. She's always been nice to me. Uh, but, you know. Uh, never, you know, in the big scheme of things, political schemes here, uh, you know, uh, and I actually sought her help when I was a Democrat because that's the type of influence she has in the Democrat Party. Um, and, you you know, you don't burn bridges as a politician if you're smart. You reach across the aisle because you'll need everybody to get what you want to get done. That's what's happening right now is we have these people who are extremists who uh, uh, can't get can't reach across the aisle or solidified in their in their liturgy, some maybe it's, it has something to do with church dogma or um, some kind of a membership dogma in some group. Uh, um, you know, it's just simply untenable, and they can't they can't get anywhere because they can't get enough people to to share like minds with them. If you get on the island, it's too small. Uh, well, you can run the island, but the island wasn't is known to communicate with anybody else in another island just across the body of water there. Now, a lot of this is just basic human nature, as I've remarked several times. Up off the coast of Maine, uh, there's an island that has a couple spits of land out into the ocean, one of which is occupied entirely by white birds and the other which is occupied entirely by black birds. And uh, neither will go on the other's island because they'll kill each other. And if you take a look at Gary Larson's cartoons uh, at a chicken, a picnic held by chickens, there'll be a sign up that says no ducks allowed. And if you read Jerzy Kaczynski's The Painted Bird, you'll understand that belief is an abstraction and anybody, uh, no one can prove what he believes. So therefore he's free to believe whatever he wants to. And, you know, in The Painted Bird, every village you go to is a different belief. And um, um, those two villages are not the same. And this can be very, very slight reason that belief is different. It can be an interpretation of a verse in the Bible, or it can be a skin tone, or it can be eyes. In uh, a painted bird, it was the shape of the uh, young lad's eyes. His eyes were almond shaped. Uh, he was probably, he was a gypsy. He was probably a descendant of Genghis Khan uh, at some point. Uh, same type of shaped almond eyes you see on uh, uh, Mrs. Trump, Melania Trump. Uh, that's out of the Genghis Khan world. And, and um, it's, it's all over that part of Europe. And, and, and um, this was the case in the, in the painted bird. It was simply the shape of the eyes. And, and that's all it took for people to be frightened and, of, of that person and 
hold that person to some sort of demonstration of 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 uh, of a of a, of a uh, threat. So I don't expect much to happen here. It's um, not going to be um, very uh, very uh, interesting um, to, to watch. Uh, I am going to get into uh, Corrine Brown, but I see my production guy has left the the room for a moment. When he comes back into the room, I want to play the song. Um, that uh, we, we'll play. I'm not sure where he disappeared to. We arranged this ahead of time, but um, uh, maybe we can get that done here in a second. Uh, um, yeah, he's returned. I don't know where he, he went to. Um, and who knows? He, he, that, the, the beatings still continue until the morale improves. I can tell you that right now. I want, I mean, I want to talk about uh, Corrine Brown, but first I want to revisit a great song uh, by... Um, uh, a great fan of the show uh, once upon a time. And um, I, I trust production now has it queued up and will give me the high sign and you'll listen to it. So here we go. had the biggest mouth around she thought she was the smartest rep in heels well she started up a non-profit and somehow made money off it and got involved in quite some dirty deals she's in the jailhouse now she's in the jailhouse now that's not the way a charity runs She won't be having fun She's in the jailhouse now I let you Don't put me in the slammer I only did what all the others do I thought my donors were trickable But the judge said that's despicable And then away the key he threw She's in the jailhouse now She's in the jailhouse now they locked the cell on poor Corinne This one she'll never win She's in the jailhouse now I let you Back to Ward Scott Files. Here I am live in the uh, Melanoma studio in the Warthog Manly Command Center. And uh, I wanted you to hear the whole thing. This is the only place in America that you'll hear that song. The only place in America. Did you hear me, my friends? And um, we're not going to get any copyright trouble because it's an original and uh, you can enjoy it. And it's really witty. And it's done by a great guy who uh, used to hang on my every word, evidently. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, um, he graduated from class, I guess. But anyway, we're talking about Corrine Brown. Now, let's talk, you know, the, uh, the, the USA Today Network, which is practically the entire Gainesville Sunset paper, uh, has a little article today written by Steve Sp uh, Patterson from the Florida Times Union. Now, the Florida Times Union is a, uh, uh, over Jacksonville is a pretty interesting place because Jacksonville is filled with problems and always has been. Let me just harken back to uh, something that you may have forgotten. It was in the same Steve Patterson wrote about this in the Florida Times Union uh, a while back. And it has to do with Reggie Brown, uh, who is not related to Corrine Brown, but there's an awful lot of Browns. And you got to be careful with that name because it's a very common name. And uh, the federal judge 
in, uh, has ordered uh, the ex-Jacksonville City Council member seized for, I'm going to use a word that will probably trigger uh, the, the fanatical little uh, um, algorithm of the platforms here. But this is a news headline and they can, you know, they, they'll just have to deal with it. The news headline is a judge orders home of ex-Jacksonville City Council member seized for fraud restitution. And what happened is um, he was uh, um, thrown in the jug and then you know, before he could have anything um, uh, re, you know, re, repaired in his life, he had to um, um, pay, a, pay his restitution and he didn't pay it. So uh, he had a $411,000 forfeiture order uh, that the judge imposed uh, in October 2020 that uh, he never paid. And so uh, now he's and he was sentenced with the fellow ex-council member Katrina Brown, no relation. So here's the Brown, Brown, Brown and Brown, Brown and Brown, Brown, Brown. And so they had made no payments. So the home has been seized of Reggie Brown in order to try to pay down what he owes. And uh, the records that the home values about a little under $100,000. So uh, here we go uh, with the Browns and their restitution and their crimes and no relation among the three Browns. Remember, by the way, students, among us for more than two, between us for two. So we have three. So it's among the Browns, uh, none of whom is particularly related, all of whom are from the same race. though. And so uh, Jacksonville covers Corrine Brown because that's her neck of the woods. And she was a product. Talk about gerrymandering. And it's not Jerry. It's Gary. Uh, gerrymandering to made the created the district for Corrine Brown to be in. If you looked at it, it was like a snake. It traveled all the way around and down through all the minority neighborhoods to ensure in the state to ensure that this they had a representative. And I'll be darned if their representative didn't carry on like uh, Reggie Brown and Katrina Brown and defraud uh, people who wanted favors from her. Let's go back over what threw her in the jug in the first place. And she did do a couple of years in the jug. <clears throat> she stole, and I checked this out with the investigator, instigator who keeps all these records just before I went on the show. She stole $800,000 from charity, <clears throat> her charity. That was a charity for little kids, little children, as I say. And this charity, this money, was to buy these little chillin' things they needed for things like computers and things like that to compete uh, in the education world. Well, she stole from it. Mostly the people who gave to that uh, were people who were looking for favors from Corrine Brown. So, if, you know, this is the way the scam worked. Um, and she was big on that, boy. I mean, I, 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 I can remember waiting in line one time to talk to her about what she might be able to do in terms of steering money towards the college. And um, I mean, that line had presidents in it and everything else trying to but butter her up to get, she was a United States Congresswoman for God's sakes. So um, there were people looking for favors from her that dumped in a, a, a bunch of money to this charity for the little, thinking it was for the little chilling. And if they thought if their name appeared, you know, you see some of these things or there'll be bricks and they'll have people's names in them and, and but with the politicians, uh, she they all thought that she'd get a they give a favor they gave to her charity. So she worked a scam with her chief of staff who went to the jug, may still be in the jug, uh, and she withdrew six hundred dollars every day now, every day from an ATM near her residence in DC, and she's on tape herself withdrawing it. Huh? Huh? Let me repeat that for you. She's on tape withdrawing $600 every day from an ATM. The ATM security cameras have her picture doing it. Uh, so what this is all about, it's not about justice. It's not about guilt. It's not about as this Reggie Brown once didn't pay his restitution, stole 400. That was all about money he borrowed from the city to start a barbecue brown barbecue business. And never bottled one bottle of barbecue. But, you know, out of white guilt, uh, the city fathers and mothers and aunts and uncles in politics gave Brown, who knew how to work the system, Reggie and Katrina Brown, a money to start a fictitious barbecue business that never produced one bottle of barbecue. And they siphoned off the money and did God knows what with it. Uh, Corrine 
siphoned off the money and did God knows what with it, uh, but was taking a clip of $600 every day, according to the information yours truly has here. And her, con her conviction is now overturned. And I'm going to explain why uh, that matters here locally in just a moment. Um, but what this is all about is her getting her pension. You know, she's not, she doesn't give a hoot, a tinker's hoot about a little chillin', never did. But she doesn't give a tinker's hoot about whether you got a favor from her, never did. She gave a hoot about herself. And, and, and she was convicted for giving a hoot about herself. But now the big kicker is she got to have some money to live on. She ain't got no ATM she can go suck 600 a day out of. So she's going to have to have her pension. And in order to do that, she's going to have to be permanently found not guilty. Now, uh, that would be a tall order. Now, they're hinging it all on the idea that uh, one of the jurors uh, they had to dismiss and therefore it queered the trial that he said the Holy Spirit told him Brown was innocent and uh, the liars for Brown, they finally found some, uh, are going to say, well, you see, that's not good reason enough to chunk him off the jury. Let me ask you, my friends, have you ever been chunked off a jury? There's all sorts of reasons to chunk you off the jury. Uh, you don't have to say that the Holy Spirit told you Colleen was innocent. You can say, oh, I know the guy. Or you can just sit there and say, I think he's innocent. They'll throw you out. They'll throw you out. You get thrown off the jury, you're ineligible for the jury for all sorts of reasons. I have a friend who got, uh, you know, it was a, somebody got stopped by somebody and that somebody was on trial now and they asked that person, uh, no, that somebody was going to be testifying, going to be testifying in the trial and was asked if uh, uh, a potential juror knew the person, or one of the cops who was going to knew, knew anybody who was going to be testifying in the trial and the potential juror said, yeah, I, I was stopped one time by the cop that's going to be tested. Well, you're ineligible then uh, because, after all, when the cop stopped the potential juror, the cop let the potential juror go, okay? So, therefore, hey, we want an objective, clean, uncluttered mind. Now, that's not easy to find. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm in a discussion right now with what I call a true believer. If you want to, uh, to read The True Believer by Eric Hoffer, and this is over Catholic liturgy. Um, I've been taken to task for uh, daring to question indulgences and uh, the, the, the English Bible, King James Version. And the issue is really when you boil it down is the timing of what uh, what happened and what sequence. And you would have you would have thought I, I stepped into a, a a sanctuary of holiness by questioning uh, the Catholic litur liturgy. Uh, this is this is this is this is people. This is the way people are. But in the courtroom, we'll throw you off the jury for that. We won't let you be on the jury for that because your mind's cluttered up with something that's going to prevent you from seeing things objectively according to the. Now, by golly, now I got to admit, it's hard to find an uncluttered mind. You know, we have all sorts of effects of that. What, you know, what, what you try like crazy and you, we, we've got these three guys that are on trial now for standing around while Chauvin had his knee on Floyd's neck. And, 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 you know, what juror has not heard, what potential juror has not heard about this on the air or read about it? What juror's mind could possibly be uncluttered? And I was discussing this yesterday with a longtime um, newspaper person who said that the problem with the newspapers now is people believe the newspapers know what they're talking about. The newspapers more and more and more are biased and all filled with opinion rather than fact. And it's easy to demonstrate that. So the search for the uncluttered mind is always a, 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 you know, a real thing to have to find. It's very difficult. You would think you could find it in science, but we know that climate science and all that gobbledygook and COVID and all that gobbledygook has cluttered up the minds of scientists and has cluttered up the minds of the people who get their information about the scientists from the media, which is really dangerous. So here we go. I don't know how Corrine is going to work out this time, but I do know that the local twist on this is that the advisory committee to the regional transit system has recommended now not once, at least twice, and maybe three times that Corrine Brown's name be taken off 
the regional transit system building. And every time the boy named Lauren has ignored the recommendation from the advisory committee that that name be removed. And the only thing that you can possibly say is that the boy named Lauren and all the other liberals who don't mind Corrine, which is it's fact that she took the 600 bucks every day. They don't mind her doing that. Why? 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 I dare ask you, why? Why do they not mind her doing that? I mean, that's on tape. See, I mean, I don't need a, I don't need a, I don't need a, a, a courtroom to tell me that. So anyway, that, 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 that's Corrine Brown. She's in the jailhouse now. Well, she ain't now. She got away with an ankle bracelet there towards the end. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's the same sort of a deal we have uh, going on with uh, Rodney Long right now. I'm just going to, uh, uh, I think I can find this real quickly. Uh, maybe I can. Let me look. I don't want to take up, I don't believe in dead air. Um, I can't stand dead air. I can't stand people whose minds aren't quick. And um, mine, mine's, mine's contingent upon, maybe I'll find, but Rodney Long has got a son that has uh, five businesses. I'll just jump to the end here. Uh, I've got the notes here where it is. Hold on. Uh, that have given a total of $5,000 to Rodney. They come from four or five different businesses. And I'm just telling you, uh, you know, Rodney's also a guy who resigned from the Lotro uh, Commission in the middle of his, of his tenure, which is, you know, you got to ask yourself some questions about that. That's never been covered by the press or looked into. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, um, yeah, here it is right here. Let me just get into it real quickly. Um, $1,000 from uh, uh, Cartel Jones LLC, uh, Julius Long. Uh, $1,000 from Prestige Printing and Impressions LLC, Julius Long. Uh, $1,000 from Propaganda Way Convenience LLC, Julius Long. Uh, $1,000 from Music Express United Records LLC. And $1,000 from J. Long Productions LLC. Uh, so Julius Long also, and I get this now, Julius Long received $20,000 in PPP loans in both 2020 and 2021. Hello. I'm just saying those are the facts. I mean, these are facts. I'm not going to comment on them other than just say you can look at them. It's public record. A thousand, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand from Julius Long to Rodney Long. And then Julius Long received 20,000 in PPP loans in 2020 and 2021. Fact. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Fact. So uh, it's, it's very difficult to, uh, to, to get, get all these things out into the light of day. I understand I'm probably the only guy doing it. And uh, I appreciate all your support, all your donations, and I appreciate my sponsors. So um, uh, that, that, that is basically the update on the local. Uh, takes me, runs me down here to the half an hour. I'm going to get into some things about the elections. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to have more things than I can possibly cover with you. And I don't believe in dead air, so I'm, I'm, I'm whipping through this as fast as I can. You can hear it again, of course, on wardscottfiles.com. You can hear it on Spotify. You can hear it on Apple Podcasts. Um, there's a number of places we are out there 24-7. Um, I'm making arrangements right now with uh, Representative Kat Kamek to have her on a Zoom once a month. Um, funny thing, I saw her last night that uh, she sat on a committee. She sits on a committee and she right, sits right next to Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Can you see that? I bet um, we were joking. We'd like to have a, uh, a cage fight. We like to have a cage fight between Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and Kat Kamek. Um, we'd all pay to see that, for crying out loud. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Stay tuned. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are on the spot dry cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352 284 3733. Again, 
thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. Octon, octon, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Watch now. Check this out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Can Hi, we, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Uh, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Uh, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Man Cave Command Center. In the Melbourne Law Studio, 352-325-3938. Um, thank you to all our good sponsors who stick with us. We just saw that. <clears throat> and um, thank you for those who donate. Um, we are working on, as you know, backing up our systems as much as we can. <clears throat> so uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. Because I'm getting ready to enter some scary territory here uh, in terms of uh, people looking over my shoulder in the uh, social platform world. I'm getting ready to discuss the election. <clears throat> and as you know, if you question the election, uh, you are considered to be in violation of the community standards of YouTube and Facebook, even if you question the election. Now, I don't know what that has to do with me referring to documents of people who have questioned. And it doesn't seem that the algorithms make much distinction. So we're here we go. And we'll see where we go with this. But I'm looking at a I'm going to start off with an article by uh, Sophie Mann in the Florida Capital Star. Algorithm millennials at Facebook and YouTube. This is from the Florida Capital Star. OK. And uh, Sophie Mann is reporting that a Wisconsin judge has ruled that the absentee ballot boxes that were widely deployed during the 2020 election are not allowed under state law. Now, a couple of you are looking here. I'm looking at your comments about this local vote. And um, as Mr. Murphy said, um, amazing percentage of mail-in votes. Okay, amazing percentage. Well, a Wisconsin judge has ruled an absentee drop box, that's a little different, widely deployed, are not allowed. Now, that is going to be an, a decision that could dramatically impact the voting ahead of the midterms elections, um, which are really the ones that are being ramped up right now and uh, both sides digging in to try to make sure that the, play, the election is, 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 is account, president accounted for. Um, so um, the, this judge, Michael Boren, uh, County Circuit Judge, ordered on Thursday, last Thursday, that a Wisconsin Elections Commission uh, to retract its instructions to election officials on how to use drop boxes. Um, it, it, he, he ruled that the Wisconsin Election Commission had overstepped its authority in issuing the guidance in the first place. And um, uh, this is, uh, he called the, uh, the, the guidance a major policy decision that alters how the absentee ballot process operates. And uh, that, um, you know, it should have been approved by the legislature. Um, and and, and uh, back, to this, back to this issue that the states control their voting. And, you know, we, one of the things in the Voting Rights Act <clears throat> was... <clears throat> Biden tried to federalize the voting so they could control it. Any, the more abstract something is, the more you kill it. Um, and abstraction is the death of anything, no less than religion. So um, uh, that's, an, that's a quote from Alan Tate in Remarks on Southern Religion from uh, I'll Take My Stand, um, a great collection of essays. Um, I tried to give you a pretty diverse uh, works uh, consulted here during the class which is one of the ways I evaluate people's conclusions is how diverse and, and, and not, not the, on basis of race, but how diverse on, in terms of uh, editorial stands and whatnot uh, publications referred to have are in the work cited. Um, so uh, 
of course, the Democrats are going to appeal this. And uh, um, late last year, I was seen county sheriff. Um, uh, now here, I'm going to use a word. It's going to be an explosive word. OK, uh, it's in the article. So we'll see what happens. Late, late last year, I was seen county sheriff said his investigators had secured evidence of voter voter F occurring at a local nursing home. Um, the sheriff accused the Wisconsin Elections Commission of allowing and even encouraging nursing home staffers to fill out ballots on behalf of residents. And um, uh, he said that the state's election statute uh, was, was not just broken by that type of behavior, but it was shattered. Um, so um, th this, is, uh, this is all about ID requirements and making sure that the person who, who uh, apparently owns the vote really is the person who owns the vote. That is, you know, we have already con we've already testified in our research that what you re really should be doing is cleaning up the voter registration rolls. There are all kinds of people in the voter registration rolls that uh, we didn't need to be dropped. So if you get in mail-in ballots and you get these people uh, uh, harvesting, uh, going to nursing homes and things, and you don't have any accountability for that, you can see the issue. Obviously, that sheriff caught it. Obviously, that 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 made its way up to the court and the court ruled that the sheriff was right. And of course, right away, the Democrats are gonna challenge that. Um, right now in, the, in today's issue of Wall Street Journal, uh, they've tried their best to straighten out this election issue. Uh, they think right now they've got the best summary to date, um, uh, you know, to try to, try to figure out uh, what really happened in 2020. And there is a, an organization called the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, um, so it, it is tempted, it is te it's attempted to straighten this out. Um, and, uh, they allude to this, uh, ruling by this Wisconsin judge that said ballot drop boxes are illegal, um, uh, under state law. So, um, the, the more distant the voter gets from the actual lever, the more room there is for probable kinds of suspicions. And, you know, those of us, and here is where I am very much in line with the chapter and verse liturgy people who want to literally quote this and literally conduct that. I think everyone should vote on one day. I think you tell me if I'm wrong, everybody should vote on one day, same day physically, even if the line goes around the, around the town, because then you're looking at the human being doing the voting. You're making them prove that, that they are who they are and they vote. But the more abstract you get, the more you elongate the time during which they can vote, the more that can be uh, perhaps <clears throat> panky panky. So <clears throat> the, uh, the investigation into Wisconsin uh, seems to show that the election rules have been bent. And the reason they were bent, and we've covered this for quite a bit now, is because of the pandemic. Uh, COVID gave cover to bending uh, uh, election rules all over the country. Uh, it seems. So these uh, uh, ballots then become, if you really look at them, in legal doubt. Uh, and uh, uh, so there's a lot of, and I, I predicted this would happen, that, you know, long after the election was over, there would continue to be uh, investigation into it. And eventually, uh, Hamlet believes this, and I never, I've never known whether to agree with him or not, foul deeds will rise, though all the earth overwhelm them to men's eyes. Well, I, I, I want to believe that, that, that and, and he does too, that foul deeds will rise though all the earth overwhelm them to men's eyes. You can bury this stuff, cover this stuff up, but sooner or later it will come out. Now, it might be later, long after this election it will come out. But right now there's all sorts of emotion and, and uh, you know, censorship and everything else about even looking at it. So um, the... Uh, uh, in Milwaukee, for example, the will, the, 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 this investigation found the number of absentee votes tallied on election night is consistent with what was reported to be outstanding. Um, um, there, there is, um, uh, but they can't find evidence of a quote unquote ballot dump. That doesn't mean they ain't one, but they can't find it right now. Um, there was a hand recount of 20,000 votes from 20 wards, and it couldn't find any F ballots there. But it did show uh, uh, that a significant voter, a number of voters who voted for Biden 
um, uh, uh, also voted for a Republican for Congress, and, but they didn't know what to make of that. Okay, it, it was seemed to be a weird pattern, but they couldn't they couldn't get the smoking gun. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the, the it does came, come back again and again and again that the drop boxes seem to be a, 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 a point of concern. Um, and that, that needs to be addressed. So um, uh, whether or not, you know, these legislatures can, you know, there's all sorts of fighting now because the Democrats sense that they had an advantage uh, through these drop boxes. And, and, uh, uh, and we're, we're, we're at what the requirement was for an address. So um, the, um, uh, State use drop boxes and they're legally disputed. And um, the problem with them is that they don't have a, a, a good chain of custody. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, they, they can't come out and claim, uh, for sure they had F votes in them. Uh, notice I'm not using the word uh, uh, algorithms uh, who are listening to me. See, what they do is they record the show and then run a machine and they see if there's any words pop up. And that's how they make their decisions. But um, uh, so they can't really get the smoking gun. But they do know that Zuckerberg, we've talked about this, gave $10 million to help the Wisconsin elections in mostly in five cities. And the investigation found that especially troubling. Um, uh, they think that Zuckerberg's money uh, lifted Biden's turnout in those five cities by about 8,000 votes. Now, we've been talking about that for a long time. The Ward Scott Files broke that story that this uh, 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 superintendent of elections here, Kim Barton, took uh, $700,000 from Zuckerberg. I went around town and asked people they knew that. Nobody knew that. <clears throat> we knew it. We found it. And she spent all but a couple hundred thousand of it. And we know what she spent it on. And we knew we know what she didn't know and what she did know. And uh, so we've got the supervisory elections here under investigation, criminal investigation by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And we're just going to sit back and let that unfold. And when it when it comes time to share whatever is there, we'll, we'll tell you. But we do know, even in Wisconsin, even nationwide, that the statistical analysis suggests that the Zuckerberg money really helped Biden. Now, was there anything illegal about it? Was there anything F about it? Um, um, well, uh, hey, give them credit. Give them credit. They figured out, hey, man, absentee ballots are difficult to account for. Let's proliferate the use of them. Here's a bunch of money. No questions asked. You proliferate the use of absentee ballots. Blame it on COVID, and we'll see what happens. Okay? So they're not going to come out and say, according to the investigation, that the election was, quote, unquote, stolen. But they are going to say, and they have said, that the election was not adequately secure. Now, you know, I'm over here in this territory that upsets the community standards of YouTube and, 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 uh, and, and Facebook. Because, the, and that's not me, this is uh, the uh, Wisconsin investigation into, the, uh, into their election. And they have concluded that it wasn't adequately secure. Um, and they, the reason they, they want this to be secure because they've got this big election coming up in the fall. And Biden has already said from the bully pulpit that it will not be secure. Biden is actually guilty of that which they accused Trump of. But, you know, he gets different, different treatment, totally different treatment from the media. So the objective analysis and the objective minded people who are not, quote, true believers in either candidate. They want to know about the system. And that's what I'm looking for, just like with COVID. I'm going to talk about COVID in a minute. I'm looking for a, a, an objective analysis about COVID without it being inferred by politics. I already can predict when somebody speaks about it uh, negatively that it's going to be a Republican. And I can already speak, uh, I already know, or at least it's my, this is my conclusion, and I'll, I'll go back and investigate it each time. If, if somebody supports it, it's a Democrat. And, 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 uh, and you take a look at the lawyer here who advocates and poo-poo's the COVID vaccine, Republican, okay? So I just noticed this. So I wonder about the objectivity of it. And, and, and you know, as I'm just trying to get to what is, what is so. So uh, 
evidently what they can agree on in Wisconsin is that the election was not secure. Um, it's, uh, and, and, and in some cases, it did not exist. It did not comply with existing legal requirements. And uh, that has led to ambiguity in public trust. It's this ambiguity in public trust that is the thing that is at play in this fall election. I'm a little hesitant about all these Republicans telling me, I heard it last night, oh, we're going to blow away the Democrats in the fall. Hey, listen, I have seen this happen in sports. I have seen teams come in so overconfident and so cocky, they think they thought they were going to beat this, the pants off their opponent, and they turn around and get beat. We've had this happen now twice in basketball with the ladies, not the men. The ladies beat LSU. That was 11-2. and two. I'm pretty sure they thought they would handle the Gators pretty well. The ladies beat Kentucky. Okay? I'm pretty sure Kentucky thought they'd beat the Lady Gators. Don't get complacent. You fight like you're losing. Always fight like you're losing. I don't like this talk that I hear from these Republicans that they're a shoe-in because of the asinine behavior of the Democrats. Don't believe that for a second. That, that doesn't deter the Democrats. And I don't know if we can secure these elections. I mean, we, we're finding out that they weren't secure. And we're going to let you figure out what secure means. So far, the little millennial algorithms haven't censored secure, the word secure, but God knows they might. So uh, more information is going to have to be forthcoming and it's going to depend upon these state legislatures. Uh, but right now, the Wall Street Journal says that this Wisconsin document stands as the best summary to date of the 2020 election. And it says the election was not secure. There you go. There you go. Not secure. Well, you, you tell me what that means. All right. I'm not going to say the word. But I'm going to tell you what I, I, I think that shows. Now, it's uh, it, it, it's just um, and furthermore, there's been researchers in Washington Examiner, um, and I, you know, I'm trying to get to the bottom with my students. I want my students to be well informed. Okay, I want you guys to be better informed than you would be if you're just reading the Gainesville Sunset or listening to uh, the breathless voice of Little David Muir or someone. Um, this is written by Dr. Deborah So. She's got a podcast and. Um, She's trying to look at the, uh, um, the research about the American political ideology. And, and, and she, she says that on average, uh, when, when she took a look, um, that the, the, um, the party the loyalty now for the fall election, and I'm very guarded about this, as I said, has shifted to a preference for the GOP. Um, and and um, uh, this shift is probably due to, she says, a variety of factors. Uh, including the behavior of Biden, uh, the rise in inflation, and of uh, this politicalization of the COVID-19. This COVID-19 has had a tremendous influence, not only on the economy, but really on the election. And it's going to take years to straighten that out. But she broke these polling down, numbers down by race, and only 26% of Blacks and 28% of Hispanics identify as liberal. Is that not amazing? You're being told that the blacks are all liberal. The blacks, and I've never thought they were liberal. The blacks are some of the most conservative, the good ones. I mean, the people I know, they raised on the Bible, they're raised in the church. They love their kids. I mean, and, and then they're not the ones that the stories are written about. The stories are written about the Corrine Browns and the Rodney Longs. The good, kid, the good people you don't ever hear about. I can take you around and introduce you to them. Really great citizens. And, and would you, it surprise you to know that the, they're basically conservative. Um, this trend has been documented also, she writes, among Asian Americans. 44% of the Asian Americans can't stand Biden. It's the greatest disapproval rating among racial minority groups. So you take the Asians, you take the blacks, you take the Hispanics, and Asians can't stand Biden more than any other of the minority groups. Uh, because the Democrats have constantly been trying to use race, she writes, uh, to drum up support for their liberal policies and play, they continuously play the race car. Um, but she has investigated and has found that the racial minorities don't necessarily buy this, particularly when the far left politics are so boggled and, and, uh, by a guy like Biden. 
um, the, the um, they, 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 they think that, that that's insincere bumbling up there on, on the, uh, and, and also she finds that the racial minorities are disagree with defunding the police because if you defund the cops, the racial minorities are the ones who get shot. So here they are, the liberal whites are trying to defund the cops and they're not the ones getting shot. It's a black on black crime that goes up when you defund the cops. Now she's found that also. I think that's interesting. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and tell me what you think. So, I mean, I'm just throwing this out here for classroom discussion. This, I'm looking at some of the discussion here. Hi, Layer and Eagle. Um, uh, looking at what we got here. So, so you've got a situation where uh, you better be a little careful about what you leave, read in, you know, the, the public papers and here, you know, you got to go look at the, some of the research. Hello, Harmon. So uh, uh, here we got a, a lot of things that don't necessarily show up to be true. Um, uh, woke racial segregation by the liberal whites is not necessarily something that the actual minorities uh, uh, want. They, they think it, def it, it really treats them as inferior. And when somebody says that they're uh, they're being tells everybody that the minorities being discriminated against, it makes them automatically inferior. So uh, this, this is this is uh, this is something that the political left is having to uh, perhaps, if they pay attention, or rethink, and it may have something to do. Uh, now, Jason Riley, whom I've always been a big a big fan of, as you know, uh, he says uh, the Democrats will not admit racial progress. Um, from listening to Biden's tirade in Atlanta, and Ken Hillier, I'm listening to here, watching, is, is living in Atlanta, uh, close there. Uh, from Biden's nasty tirade, and this is Jason Riley, uh, you, you would think that um, um, nothing was going in, in um, the treatment of blacks was horrible. Um, but Jason Riley says the black voter turnout has been rising, 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 rising since the mid 1990s and, uh, and, 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 you know, this, this, uh, Biden uh, insisting Jim Crow 2.0 is not true. It's said to raise the emotions of people nationally. Riley says the black voter turnout rate exceeded white turnout rate. And I would like to know, by the way, uh, and I don't know, maybe we can get somebody to break it down. What the turnout rate here was for Cynthia Chestnut uh, in the city race between black and white. Yeah, and we know that the total voter turnout was 10%, maybe a little over, 13 possibly. And the only difference between the two candidates, one of whom was a white male, the other a black female, is 245 votes or such. Um, okay, let's go take a look at that racial breakdown and see what that was. I would think that would be a very interesting study for some political scientist student. Um, but Riley says that the, 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 in, in many cases, the black a turnout rate is exceeding the white turnout uh, uh, for a long time. And uh, particularly when Obama came along, the increase in voting among blacks continues and it's only dipped in 2016, he says. Um, it's according to Pew Research Center analysis. Now in 2020, Riley says that the Asian and Hispanic voting levels made history again, uh, while black turnout was the third highest on record for a presidential election. So it's a myth that the blacks can't vote. It's a myth that the, uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a myth, I just call it a lie, uh, that the blacks and minorities can't vote. They're voting in greater numbers. Hispanics, Asians, blacks are voting in greater numbers than they ever voted. There's nothing suppressing the vote. Uh, all we want to do is have the vote be accountable so that we don't have this type of stuff we're getting over in Wisconsin. So uh, when you ask these minorities their views on voter ID laws, uh, which were conducted in surveys by National Public Radio, um, large majorities, regardless of race or political affiliation, want, are you listening to me, want voter ID laws. Okay? They want them. But the Democrats, according to Riley, who's black, who was one of the better writers in this country, along with Heather McDonald, along with Victor Davis Hanson, along with Thomas Sowell, these type of people you listen to when they speak, you read when they write. The voter rights activists are not are ignoring these facts and they want to 
They want to perpetuate the voter suppression story. And uh, they want to blame it on Trump. Trump is the, you don't believe in ghosts? Well, Trump is a ghost and lives rent-free in, in the heads of all these Democrats. So uh, even the National Trends Riley says that black voter turnout in state data, including the Dixie states, where most blacks live and where voting rights historically uh, met the greatest resistance, they're increasing, increasing, increasing. Um, black voter registration in the South right now is higher than in other regions of the country and sometimes higher than the corresponding white rate. In 2020, for example, black registration surpassed white registration in Maryland, Mississippi, and Tennessee, and the black-white difference was less than three percentage points in Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, and Texas. Are you listening? Now, this is, this is a responsible brain presenting this to you. This is somebody who has consistently spoken intelligently and conservatively in thinking and, and, and tone is never angry. I've never read an angry tone from Jason Riley. Sometimes you, uh, uh, these people who you step on their toes with their liturgy, uh, they snap back at you with an angry tone. Tone is a very uh, important element of conversation and writing. It says an awful lot. And a lot of people are not aware of tone um, and how much it plays. My tone is a passionate tone. I, I, I use it deliberately because it engages the reader or the listener. You have to compete with the radio going on right now or somebody walking by the window or something else going on. So you ramp up your, your, your passion as you present these, these things. In a conversation in a room with an individual live sitting across from me, it wouldn't have to be this way at all. But we're competing with things that, that are going on in your life right now that I have to draw your attention in from. So um, let's, let's just let's talk about the turnout numbers. Um, uh, we talked about the race. We talked about the, uh, you know, they call them myths, but I call them lies. Uh, you talk about the uh, reluctance of the, of the Democrats to view these facts. Um, uh, you, walk about the, you talk about the fact that all these minorities are for oversight of voting protocols by voter ID. They're not for federal oversight of voting. They don't want federal oversight of voting. Um, that is not, that, that's not going to work. Um, so there's been tremendous racial progress. We've, no, we've talked about this among, among a lot of people that I converse with off the show. Uh, we don't, we don't want, the, man, you don't see racial progress all over the place. You don't, but then you're too young to know when there wasn't any. I mean, come on, uh, you reach my stage in life. My God, you see racial, if you want to call it progress. I don't know if that's the right word, but you certainly see a blending of the races all over the place. And William Faulkner, who won the Nobel Prize, says it would take about 100 years. And, and, he, and, he, and he said this in the about 1950, when asked about discrimination, all he said, take about 100 years. And what he is referring to is ultimately the DNA of the so-called races. Race is, 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 is your breeding DNA that dictates your race. When all of that is mixed, you won't have these racial, you'll have the what well, really the skin color of caramel, that sort of thing. You begin, you're seeing that now. And 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 and, and so we're in we're in 2020. You you hang around if you can, I won't be. You hang around in 2050 and you won't see, except at the extremes, maybe in the Scandinavian countries and maybe in Africa near the equator. But in America, you should be seeing, um, um, you know, a, a whole different uh, situation because the, the breeding populations will be uh, mixed much more than they are even now. I mean, that's just anthropological science. I mean, come on, that's easy. So meanwhile, some of these places are acting as if, uh, 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 you know, race still makes a mess. And so they're trying, the Supreme Court is going to hear uh, 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 you know, this this idea of discrimination against Asians in order to give uh, 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 blacks a leg up into uh, uh, the the uh, uh, academic world, which is an insult to the blacks. And uh, I think the Supreme Court is going to rule. Uh, hello, goodbye. I would hope uh, we don't need that sort of stuff anymore. Just let people compete as people and not don't stop classifying them. Stop classifying them according to race. 
uh, that's not going to get it. That's not going to help anybody. Just let's compete as people. I'm down at 10 o'clock here. I'm done. I'm going to cover a couple more things with you. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have a half hour with our good buddy, uh, Andy Valadon, who is going to be talking about the magnificent things that Dance Alive is doing. And we'll have some other special things for you. So have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.